Hey, Ben. Are you there? I don't know. I'm just going to okay. stop the recording it's okay. on this thing. We yeah, can just have the video. We have to because my mic was over here. I wasn't even speaking into the microphone the whole, the whole time. time. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> what? It's over there. <laughs> The Social Psycho Confabulation with Ben and Mr. A. Welcome to the podcast. We're getting fed up with the ability for technology to improve our lives. It's making it worse. <sighs> so listen to RFK. You'll find out how Wi-Fi gives you tumors, apparently. Uh, I Yeah, I, I'm... I listened to this podcast recently that was talking about that as well. And basically the moral of the story is we don't know anything about the effects of Wi-Fi or, well, we do, but we, what we don't know is anything about Bluetooth. They do know some stuff about Wi-Fi and waves and stuff. And the science is bullshitty. It's bullshitty on purpose. And other countries know and behave a lot differently than we do. There's been lawsuits waged against some of these. Uh, it's hard to wage them against telecom companies because they have protections, much like the vaccine companies have protections, where you cannot actually sue them. But uh, I think some some lawsuits have been levied against Android and Apple, like device manufacturers, That and the way that those lawsuits have worked is essentially the uh, claims that they make versus what's actually true scientifically. So just the fact that those don't hold up are have become a problem. The tumors are a thing, but they don't know anything about Bluetooth. There's just like no studying of it. And this guy I was listening to was like, you know, we don't, we're talking about lawsuits that have to do with like the millimeters of distance between your head and the device and that kind of thing. Whereas Bluetooth devices oftentimes go millimeters inside of your skull into your ear and stuff like that. And that this could be detrimental as well. There's different versions of Bluetooth actually. And there's like, I can't remember if it's called class or level, like one, mm. two, and three, and which ones you actually can get your hands on. And this guy, I, I want to look at his website he's, that I was listening to on the podcast for. We'll bring it up some other time. But basically he has... He has like found some devices that are like better and worse. And there's like even places that sell low EMF phones and all this kind of thing. So anyway. Interesting. Don't trust the Wi-Fi or the Bluetooth. <laughs> but we were going to talk about, well, we weren't, but we were already talking about Scott Galloway being like, oh, I used to like Joe Rogan or I was starting to like, jo this is such, this is literally like, <laughs> something you say when you're like childish yes. and have low emotional intelligence and you're like in a fight with your friends or something like your friend group and you're like i was starting to like rebecca but then she like started hanging out with that guy Jake. and now i just don't even like her anymore like so like cause she's just like so like I don't know. I don't like the way she's being. Like, how so could she all. hang out with him? Like, he's so awful. Like, literally yeah. just talking. Like, we're never going to talk to him again, okay? Like, 
So it's hilarious too. Cause it's like, I was starting to like Joe Rogan until he talked to Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Um, I'm sorry. You were liking him before he did that. So you liked him when he was talking about aliens and DMT and ancient civilizations and mud floods and sacred geometry. That's when you were liking him. But now that he's talking to a, uh, constant or a, uh, a lawyer and a, uh, establishment politician who's on your side of the aisle about science and and basically discussions of legal uh, proceedings that he's been a part of and the types of research and how he got into the field of vaccinology. When he was describing his life journey, that was a, so offensive and wrong to you that now you're not sure if you like Joe Rogan. You'd rather him go back to talking about aliens and Bigfoot. Oh, okay. I understand, Scott. You idiot. So that's right. what I was saying. Tapping? Are you tapping your foot or something? I might be because I'm getting oh worked up here. It's aggressive. It is an intense tapping. <laughs> so let me call. Are you down. insane? Um. <laughs> I, I was liking the psycho, the social psycho podcast until Mr. A started tapping his fucking leg. <laughs> like a monster. Uh, no, he, so anyway, yeah, it made me really annoyed because I got sucked into this Twitter hole and whatever. I went down the spiral, but it just, I felt like I was getting the impression that our society is like the Hunger Games because a couple things. One, we could talk about this podcast, which is between Scott Galloway and Kara Switcher, the Pivot podcast. And it just was like these people were talking about RFK and like, this person has no facts, just completely untrue, complete misinformation. This person's a, you know, vaccine denier. They're a health denier, you know, whatever. Just like labeling them, all these terrible words, ad hominem, attacking the person, not even considering their arguments and unable to talk about any of the facts that he mentioned that are true or untrue and any of the evidence that they have for believing that. So I just felt like we were like which in... RFK himself did right like that was so part of many. his actual story was like I didn't believe this stuff I was really trying to get away from these people because they kept coming at me with this vaccine crap and I'm an environmental lawyer I don't need to worry about all this other crap and it just kept pushing on me so right yeah like this is but you don't you yeah whatever and so I got this impression it's like these elites who have these luxurious lives. And it's they're just completely out of touch with reality. And it's so strange. They're like literally talking about the parties they went to last weekend and then talking about like, oh, the va-, you know, like someone says, you know, the vaccines might be hurting more people than they're helping. And then they're like, oh, don't believe that. That's just misinformation. You know, it's like um, blinking white man. Like, excuse me, like what is going on? And then too to be like virtue signaling like oh we're taking our privilege seriously we take our platform and our audience the you know mass distribution we have of our ideas we take that very seriously here so we're just going to discredit this person with zero evidence this person literally wrote a book wins cases about this stuff and it's just like it's just frustrating he wrote a book he literally rfk wrote a book called the real anthony fauci by the way anthony fauci the has been in the government for as long as any of us have been alive. He's the true and deep state. He's the he's the highest paid. He was like the highest paid government employee for a long time. So, if 
RFK writes a book about him that is, in fact, not true and defamatory, RFK is going to get his ass sued right off of his other ass. Like, so pick a point if he's so wrong. Just pick any point and just beat it right off the bat. So my question is, Scott Galloway, Kara Swisher, these are in the, uh, okay, the Hunger Games analogy. These people live in the capital. Right, exactly. You know, they're they're the the pretty people with the fancy hair and the ridiculous antics and the detached, inhuman perspective on things. Right. And that is the vibe that you get from it if you are and I think it you don't even have to be anything to get that vibe. Actually in this case, all you really have to do is be a th- if you want to, it's like the, it's becoming so easy to become a like, quote unquote, like I'm being hyperbolic here, but like to be a smart person in the world because <laughs> you just have to think you, about one thing once and you're you literally just better than these people. Just apparently. Ex- like literally just go, ex- like just stand in the, in the presence of certain things and then just see if it all holds up. So you just, in this case, listen to, I keep saying this and I'm not kidding. Listen to the freaking podcast of Joe Rogan interviewing RFK Jr., the most recent one. Just listen to it and then go listen to what Kara Swisher and Scott Galloway say about Joe Rogan and RFK. Right. It's exactly like the Supreme Court stuff. It's like we literally read it and then you look at the stuff that people are saying about it. You're like... How is this even the same conversation? You're not even talking about what was said. It isn't the same conversation. It's not even the same approach. One approach is I'm uh, a lawyer. We brought this lawsuit to the courts. Uh, We had a really high threshold to even be able to present evidence. We had to have some standing that was obvious enough to the court. They deemed it was obvious enough to and these are courts that like have a vested interest essentially in not letting you win like the vaccine court and we did win the vaccine court the protector of the vaccine industry said you're right we did autism whoopsies here's 20 mil so okay so scott 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 galloway (laughs) are you listening what's the problem yeah like Take a point. How did these and, people like, get like tell this? Us, and that's the other thing too. It's like that's my question. Yeah. How did what what's going on? Because this is what my initial reaction to that kind of behavior is. You're either smart because you're a professor, clinical I professor what, of gonna, marketing. Gonna, I don't even know what it means. Yeah, whatever that is. And I don't remember what we've said during the actual recording because we've recorded like twelve times here. But like, you have to be. You have a PhD. We, you and I both have degrees. They weren't like, quote unquote, easy. Now, I did look around and go, how are these other people also getting the same degree as me? Because they don't seem like they're even paying attention. But I don't know how the world works. But it was challenging. The next level of like master's and then PhD, you're talking about another 10 to 12 years of your life. And like statistical classes that are like high level statistics, high level we're supposed uh, to be vetting whether or not you can think critically. Right. Yes. And this is a difficult 
task for some people, but at the level of professor, I mean, these are the people that I'm experienced with getting my degree, the professors, I mean, that are demanding that you do more than hyperbole, that you do more than opinion. Now, granted, the classes that the courses that I took that were more geared towards that were the philosophy courses. Philosophy can be in the right institution, quite rigorous. You have to really figure out what's being said. You are not allowed to write a paper that does not address the evidence, that does not address the argument. There's actually this thing in philosophy where you have to, there's different words for this process, but essentially, if you're going to battle against somebody with an argument or a paper philosophically, your first job is to present their argument in even if you don't think their argument is strong or they missed some points, they didn't do it quite well enough, you first have to present their argument in the best, strongest possible light. You have to give them all the benefit of the doubt and say, if they're what they're saying is this, and this is how their argument works. The steel manning, and so now, to speak. Steel manning or whatever, yeah. yeah. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to use... I'm going to take apart the best argument that I can imagine that they're actually presenting here and explain how that really just doesn't hold up, which is highly persuasive if done well and done right, because you're dealing with evidence and data and whatever. Right. You're dealing with what was actually said. Another thing Scott Galloway is doing, a failure of this professor who doesn't deserve his title, is he... this. This is called another logical fallacy. It's called ad hominem attacks. It's where you don't you don't address the arguments. You address the man, the person who's saying them. And then even worse, what they often do is another logical fallacy called straw man argumentation, which is where you do the opposite of a steel man. You build the stupidest, most ridiculous version of their argument or an argument they're not even making. You present some argument they're not making and then you battle the straw man rather than the actual person. Right. Something the easy to idea. crush. Yeah. Yeah. So, so basically going RFK just puts out conspiracy theories and here's why conspiracy theories are dangerous. But that's, that's a straw man argument. He didn't promote conspiracy theories. He, pr- he promoted ideas that, you have put into a camp called conspiracy theory. Right. So my question is, are the options that I see here available to analyze Scott Galloway, this idiot professor who is losing all credibility to anybody who's thinking, is you're either you're either an operative and you know exactly what you're doing. Okay, I'll give them I'll give them just three oh arguments. Let me do the steel man. I'll give him a third oh benefit here. So you're either an operative and somebody has told you, do, or you are one of the top people, one of the top operatives that is setting the agenda and saying, we just, all we have to do is make sure that we discredit, 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 because that's our job is to protect the pharmaceutical industry, protect the establishment, protect the status quo, which is not journalistic at all, right. is not what you should be doing, or you're literally an idiot. Like you're just actually stupid, which I don't believe that one is true. How'd you get the PhD then? How'd yeah. you get the PhD? How'd you become an entrepreneur who's made worth millions and millions and millions of dollars? How are you a public speaker with a high verbal IQ capable 
capable of being persuasive to people. Even if you use rhetoric and problematic uh, fallacies, sometimes you still have to be actually intelligent to pull that off and do it well. Yeah. Because I've fallen for that kind of shit too. Or the I guess the third option is I feel like you see this actually RFK in his thing talked about this. He said there was a story he told that was so revealing because RFK is he's an establishment guy. He's a rich guy. His family's rich. He's been in the echelons of power before. And he tells the story where he's he knows the head people at Fox like Roger Ailes. He was kind of like a friend sort of with Roger Ailes and he was going he was going to write this story and bring it to them. He was going to have one of the Fox anchors or hosts or employees, whatever, you know, bring him on and present this stuff. They get up right to basically the day of, and the Fox anchor comes back and says, Hey, RFK, we have to kill. We, we can't do this story that somebody above me killed this and said, we can't do it. I've never had this happen before. I don't know what's going on. I'm just telling you, we can't run your story. And so RFK being in the echelons he's in says, Okay, I'm going to go ahead and call my friend Roger Ailes and see what he has to say. And he calls Roger Ailes and Roger Ailes. And I think there's a I don't know if Murdoch was part of the there's some there's an, another character too that I'm leaving out. But the point is the same. Basically, they tell him from the top of the institution, the decision makers, which is wild to think about the media this. Really, company. Yeah, really think about this. The head, the owners, the people who run the whole propaganda machine say, yeah, you're my friend and um, really sorry about that. Uh, but here's the thing. See, the people you're writing this story about, they kind of are responsible for all of our revenue, a.k.a. the pharmaceutical company is our main advertiser. So we really just can't say anything negative about them. So that's coming from the top of the institution. So the, apparently the pharmaceutical company, these companies that are worth even more, that are even more powerful and prolific, have some kind of say hmm. over through this. It's kind of like the black rock the incentives or whatever, or whatever. Know, like so, we've talked about before. Yeah. If we control, we control the purse strings so we control everything downstream of that. So you're saying, yeah, he's either an operative, he's an idiot, or he's in the wallet book of someone. Yeah, and because there's, and maybe it's not direct, that kind of third possibility here could be, I feel like I've seen people do this, and I, I wish I could think of a really good example, um, but where, so what's supposed to happen is like Joe Rogan does his whole, I took Ivermectin. all these medicines yeah, for, okay. for COVID, yeah. mm -hmm. one of them being ivermectin. And then somebody, some talking head or whatever, the establishment kind of with a unified voice goes, Joe Rogan is wrong. He's an idiot, blah, blah, blah. Joe Rogan's not supposed to listen to the arguments because the arguments are bullshit. CNN, this is provable. Go look it up. CNN Put a filter on Joe Rogan's video that he posted when he said yes. that they turned him yellow. He talks about it all, and the they time. showed him. So Joe Rogan had two options here, and let's just say Joe Rogan chose one, one version of this, and Scott Galloway, if he's falling under this third option, chose the 
opposite of this. So Joe Rogan looked at it and went, hmm, they made me yellow. They said I took horse medicine, but I know that I didn't because I didn't go to tractor supply store to get to horse paste. I went to the doctor and he told me what to take. He wrote me a prescription for people medicine. And I went to the pharmacy and the pharmacy gave me people medicine and said, this is how you take these pills. And it was a litany of whatever he took. Okay. So Joe Rogan was supposed to go, fuck all that. I need to get in line because I don't want to get attacked anymore. I don't want to lose credibility. So I'm going to come out and say something I don't believe or I'm going to. And what this probably does, and Scott Galloway should know this, by the way, is puts you in a state of cognitive dissonance where you have to. Cognitive dissonance is basically where you have two thoughts in your mind that are opposing to one another. And this creates a dissonance within your mind. It creates discomfort. And what you do is you adjust your thinking to fit, to become more comfortable again, to not have the di- the opposing views. So Joe was supposed to go, uh-oh, I know I didn't do this. They said I did do this. I know I'm being honest. I'm, It's being received as if I'm a liar. Uh, and then now I'm in a state of cognitive dissonance. How do I correct this? I got to change something in my thinking. If you're a smoker and you know it's bad for you, you know, you, you can either change how you view smoking and its effects and all that, or you can stop smoking. There's different approaches. Jerogan chose one approach. Oh, I'm going to keep going. I'm just going to keep believing what I know is true and suffer the consequences. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Someone like Scott Galloway does the, maybe does the opposite. Like he knows that, well, if I step out of line, if I say anything positive about Joe Rogan or RFK, then I'm going against, I don't know, the team or something. So I'm just going to turn brain off. I'm going to just say words that yes, they are beneficial hear. to yes. me and easy. Well, that's what I was saying. I think what's going on is like it's a club and you, in order to pay for your membership in the club, you have to say certain things. And that's the cost of membership. And and literally, I'm not talking about like a cabal. I'm talking about like Kara Swisher and crew being invited to the Kamala Harris, the VP of the United States. She talks about this. Being invited to her pride party. There's only a couple hundred people there, a hundred something people there. And she's in the inner circle, you know. And so what do you, what does it cost to be in the inner circle? Well, it costs, you know, you have to believe these things. You have to say these things. You can't deviate from the party line, literally. So, Well, you actually don't have to believe them because remember during COVID, you had all these fuckers, these politicians, even Anthony Fauci going, you have to wear your mask all the time, three or four masks, in fact, and, and try to get your hands on vaccines and just drink those with your water. But don't take vitamins. And then he goes out and com- and does the opposite. He's at baseball games, taking his mask off, talking to his friends with his actual face exposed. These politicians go saying, stay yes. indoors. Don't go to the parties. Hypocrisy. This is the worst thing you could do. If you do this, you're a bad person. You're hurting our country. And then they go to parties at COVID parties and have no masks on and no vaccine requirements. So they're literally not even taking their own advice. And so at that point, you're a piece of fucking shit. Like, that's the only... Like, what are you? 
what the fuck are you? Like you <sighs> are a horrible. Oh God. Like you're a hypocrite. Yeah. If nothing else, yeah. but you're like a bad person. Like that is, you are a bad person who does not deserve the podium you stand behind. Right. Well, this so, is what I was saying about the hunger games. I feel like it's very hunger games. esque. It's like, the elites who definitely do have power like in and influence like in some sense you know you're getting gigs you're getting opportunities to speak to the masses on your podcast to be in front of lots of people to be making decisions at the university to be doing whatever you're doing to be reporting on tech uh, as Karis Wisher does and you're just completely abdicating your responsibility and it's like look not everybody gets those opportunities like we not everybody speaks to huge crowds, has a huge audience, gets to make you know important decisions, but you do, you know, and so I feel like you it's a, yeah. <laughs> need to be responsible. It's, it's, this is a huge if okay, so step back from like how we really see these people. What if if nothing else, like on a kind of a macro level here, there's a mass there's a uh, a divide. The Hunger Games is a great analogy if you've seen the movie because there's this huge divide this gulf between uh echelons of of individuals and it's coming to a fever pitch because and i i love okay a super ridiculously liberal professor i had um whose name was i can't remember but he was he was pretty good like i for someone who is that weird and woke he was like entirely capable of having a discussion so he deserved his position is what i'm saying and he we spent a good bit of time on this thing from history i don't know how the history books record this like how it's really generally understood but this is how i understood it and this seems to be how this professor was explaining it but there is something called bacon's rebellion and essentially the way what the details of this that i i remember was what happened was there was a guy and he wanted to be kind of part of the elite and he was a rich guy, but for some reason he really couldn't get in with everybody. He couldn't get in with the elite. So he said, fuck it. I'm going to go to the poor people. And he went to the poor people and they waged a rebellion. And the way this rebellion worked was blacks, poor blacks, poor whites got together with this bacon guy. I hope I'm telling this right. Yes, I'm reading and it right here. So just the Wikipedia. Yeah, so they basically waged... It was a rebellion. Well, let me give my led by, bad version. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, it was led by Nathan. Let me give you the version I know. I don't know if this... Because I don't know if it's going to f- coincide with the Wikipedia. So they come together. <laughs> let me give you my they, fake they version waged, that I just am calling exactly. up from memory that's going to be wrong. But okay, yes, let's do that first. It may not be wrong. <laughs> well, Wikipedia is going to be wrong, trust me. <laughs> But they come together, they have this rebellion, and it's borderline successful. Like, it gets really close to um, to being a real problem for the elite. And it's, according to how I was explaining this, how I understand it, the solution to making sure this never happens again, this is where, this is why this was taught, was to say, and this is where the dividing line emerged between the races so the they the elite said we need to make sure that mass of people that's a big mass of people that is untenable for us 
So what we're going to do is to split those and convince the poor whites that they have more in common with the rich white elites than they do with the poor blacks so that that mass of people is not as large and that we can easy, more easily manipulate the poor whites and the poor blacks and that this was basically the solution. Mm, yes. And this is where the class thing became hijacked by a race thing. Right, right. And that's a much easier because it, that's more of a story. That's not even because it's not even real because the rebellion was real. Yeah. So this other thing was a convincing story that they were told and it worked. Right. And that's how I see this kind of Hunger Games thing is. But what's weird is that my point is there's a bacon faction out there. So we're all the poor whites and poor blacks, whatever. But now we're getting to the fever pitch. The we're getting as we edge towards the the metaphorical rebellion is. Rogan, for example, is supposed to be one of the elites. He's 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 like right. He's like a bacon. He's right there. He could be an elite, right? He's a rich guy. He's really rich, actually. He's very powerful. Has a lot of influence, and they want him on their side. But Rogan is going. I don't know, man. Like every time I try to do that, you guys fuck me over. You guys give me your talking heads, and your talking heads come on here, make me look like an idiot. Your Paul Offits and all these guys come to me and I promote them. They end up being wrong. It comes to me, it is revealed to me some way that they're wrong. And if I point it out, then I'm attacked. I don't know. Like, am I, you guys, do you want me on your team or do you not? Because there's only so much kowtowing or whatever that I can really do here. So that's what I'm saying is like, whereas the easy, the, the, what's the guy's name? Galloway, he is not. He's not teetering at all. He's not a bacon. He's he's an elite. He's already p chosen the side. He'll already say whatever he needs to say without a second thought. Doesn't matter to me at all. I'm not a bacon. I'm an elite. Right. So that's why I think in its regular stages of just class situation, you know, regular class landscape, it's not as tumultuous. But as we get to whatever kind, whatever this like higher frequency vibration is going on that's when these kind of bacon start revealing themselves and a rogan when becomes really bacon scary comes out so yes bacon's rebellion was an armed rebellion held by virginia settlers that took place from 1676 to 1677 it was led by nathaniel bacon against colonial governor william berkeley after berkeley refused bacon's request to drive native americans out of virginia so thousands of Virginians from all classes and races rose up in arms against Berkeley, chasing him from Jamestown and ultimately torching the settlement. The rebellion was first suppressed by a few, a few armed merchant ships from London whose captains sided with Berkeley and the Loyalists. Government forces arrived soon after and spent several years defeating pockets of resistance, blah, 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 blah. Bacon's Rebellion was the first rebellion in the North American colonies in which discontented frontiersmen took part. Um, the alliance... A.K.A. the regular folks, the poor people said, you know what? Okay, let's do something. Right. The alliance between the European indentured servants and Africans disturbed the colonial upper class. Bingo. They responded, the upper class, 
responded、mm-hmm. by hardening the racial caste of slavery in an attempt、Ooh. to divide the two races from subsequent united upsprings with the passage of the Virginia Slave Codes of 1705. Bang! So I got it right. Yes. Basically, yes. the the gist of it was this kind of. Whatever. Yes, and while the rebellion did not succeed in the initial goal of driving the Native Americans from Virginia, it did result in Berkeley being recalled to England. So, kind of mixed results on their rebellion. So this is how, in a way, this is a little bit of a metaphor for how, what's going on now. I think because elites are. There's a seems to be a faction of these quote unquote elites. Rogan, maybe, maybe Kennedy, maybe not.、Uh, getting whatever uppity, getting like not towing the line, not staying loyal to whatever this power structure is, and the power structure through people like Scott Galloway and Kara Swisher. Those people are simply a tool to a, 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 to act as a bulwark against another one of these events. Not not an armed rebellion. I mean, I don't know if armed rebellion, but just even on a ideological level, even on a political level, a, even almost like a spiritual level, yeah, some, whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's there's a little bit of a war going on. No, but yeah, so this Hunger Games thing, I was thinking about it in a couple different contexts. So that's one, you know, Scott Galloway and whatever, saying all this stuff. And part of it that's Hunger Games to be on that level is because the claims you're making or the claims that are being made are very serious, like about vaccines. Like if vaccines really did hurt more people than help them, it is. Gravely disturbing that they were mandated by the government. Like you would lose your job, you could not participate in society, and then if you you know take the claims that vaccines might have caused children to have autism, that's a very serious claim. And so to just dispense with these claims that have been made by legitimate citizens, like mothers of children. Saying, "I think this vaccine caused my child autism." Whether I'm willing for that to be wrong, but you can't just dismiss、so、that did, serious and, claim out of hand.、Right. Especially when the claim is also bolstered by a twenty million dollar lawsuit paid out by the vaccine court, which、uh, the vaccine court, which agreed that some of these vaccines cause some of these autisms. Right, so it's really you can't、yes. escape that. Yeah, it's like that is, the, is you can't you don't just say I don't like RFK is not cool, Rogan. I was gonna like you, but now I'm not. Don't you feel bad, Rogan? No. S- explain how the vaccine court said yes to autism and vaccines. Explain that, Scott. You fool. You <laughs>、oh、fool.、God. Yeah. Well, like what is wrong with well, you? Well, so that's the Hunger Games part of it. It's like you're willing to sacrifice. Actual lives to an ideology, like because if you're not concerned about potentially children's lives being ruined by taking a vaccine, then you are literally, literally willing to sacrifice lives for an ideology. Like that's plain and simple. Well, what do they do in the Hunger Games? They literally make them kill each other. That's what they do. They divide up the、mm. poor people into different camps,、yeah. and they say. 
we, they have to fight each other. And to for us elites, it's entertainment. But to the elite elite, the main remember the main guy, he knew, he knew certain things. Like he's one of his big quotes was that uh, regarding hope, you have to let them have some hope, some hope. It's false, but they need it. And this is not just bread and circuses. This is not just a football game for your entertainment. This keeps the whole operation running. And these people are can be so are basically are permitted to be so deluded because after all, they're in the capital and the the other people are caged off into camps, basically. Yeah. Like at least that's how they see it. And the more deluded they become, perhaps uh, deluded is not even the best word, but it is a, a delusion that the the more that that increases the, I heard a quote from this TV show the other day, the guy was going to go, it was that vampire show. He's like, I'm pissed. I'm gonna go kill these vampires. And he, the, the lady steps in and goes, whoa, whoa, you're mad. You're going to go in there half cocked and try to fight someone. 10 times stronger than you're just going to die. And the elites are going to find themselves being that person. They're not because they have other things that give them power, money, influence, actual power. But I think that the more kind of delusional you become, you end up thinking, no, I'm fully cocked, but you're half cocked. And Mm. their tower of Babel is mostly stucco. You know, it's like a facade. Yeah. Yeah. You're, it's not even based on anything legitimate anymore. It's not based on anything real. It's based on a facsimile of something. It's not so when when a cannonball comes flying at you in the in a, the form of an RFK argument, all you have is they're not even cool people though. Like they're like bad, you know, like bad, ew, yucky. You they know, like, like talk to Jake. <laughs> ew, they talk to that guy. Ugh. Yeah, no, it's, like, it's ridiculous. That's not going to. Di- that's going to stop. Wor- like people, the, everyone else is going to see a cannonball fly through your tower and go. Do you not even realize your bell tower just fell off the fucking top of the building? Like, what are you going to do now? And you're just going to. You're literally going to go, Scott. Where's Scott Galloway? Get him out there. Tell him something, Scott. Ah, we're scared. Go out there. Go out there. Go out there and say something. Oh my god. Um. I used to like Joe Rogan, but now I don't like him. He's not cool because he talked to RFK, right, guys? And then what the sad part is, there's this huge population of people, the the, uh, metaphorical poor whites that have been persuaded that they should divide along racial lines, the metaphorical poor whites that go, you're right, we are more like those elites than we are like the rest of these idiots who believe this other crazy stuff. We believe what got what Scott Galloway says because we're kind of like Scott Galloway. Uh, you know, it's kind of what I think of like the All In podcast, which we talk about a lot. You know, like who's their audience? Like just a bunch of millionaires. Like it's like millionaires who aren't as millionaire as they are, but like they're the you know like oh we're like the All In guys. Like oh yeah, I'm like totally like David Sachs is like a genius and like I'm gonna like pay fifty thousand dollars to go to their little dinner oh, get together God. live podcast. You know what I mean? It's like. There's like a a delusion. Yeah, it's almost like the opposite, though. I feel like minorities like have this, like it's almost like they are like we're not like the white people. We're like the elites. Like that's the kind of vibe I get almost in today's society, 
Well, we're getting to a weird place where, like you said not too long ago, we're coming up with phrases such as corporate allies. Right, right. Yeah. Which is like, whatever. I don't even know what that is. It's absolutely it's, it's asinine. Yeah. Well, the other thing I was going to say, so the uh, Hunger Games metaphor, you can extend this to different contexts. And I was also thinking of it. I don't know if you've seen this, but there's a video of like this popular song that's out in Russia right now which is about being Russian. Yeah, and so there's a video where, like, all of these people are, like, at the club or whatever. It's very ritzy. They're all very dressed up, like, and they all are waving these red handkerchiefs, like, singing this song, like, I am Russian, like, it's about Russian pride. And I just thought, like, this is literally, like, the Hunger Games. Like, this is, like, a class of elite-type people. Like, they're all very fancy, literally having a ball. Having a ball while their country is at war. There are people that are part of their country dying on the battlefield right now. Like, and you are having a ball. It's just like, what? Like, the cognitive dissonance of that is hard to wrap your head around. And also, there's, like, the dissonance of that compared to, like, what's going on in the West where we're, like, Russia's being destroyed. They're on their knees. Like, they're about to be defeated. Like, what? Well, it depends on how you look. So those elites in Russia who are Russian, who are like, we're Russian, yay us. That's to, to I don't, we're not over there. We'd have no idea. Well, no one knows. What's who going knows on. But what's going on? You, yeah. But it, it may not be as wild as you think when you consider that, sure, some of their people are dying. But from some accounts, they're actually just whooping ass. And the Ukrainians are like, hanging on by a thread and that thread is known by the uh, it's called the united states pocket book oh basically God, yeah. like we are essentially the sole funders of this and propping something up that would otherwise just this would just not happen yeah well that's yeah that's kind of my point it's like whatever's going on it seems like everybody is actually very far removed from what's really happening and in a way that seems completely inappropriate like we are just like engaging with it intellectually we're like it's about the moral virtue of ukraine and you're making it as simple as putin is bad yeah well i'll put, let me throw this out just in case a nuclear something does happen i'm going to go ahead and call it out as a false flag because they're already setting the stage for that and it's going to be as ridiculous as the whole pipeline thing was. So we already know who destroyed the pipeline. <laughs> we did. They've admitted it. They've already said we did it. Mike Pence went on the Peterson podcast and said, we literally, literally, we took out the Nord Stream pipeline. What did the news say at the time? They all went on air scratching their heads going, the Russians just blew up their own pipeline. Huh? Isn't that strange? Yeah, it's, it's strange. That's a strange story oh because God. it didn't happen. Of course it didn't happen. That's, that's ridiculous. Insane. So yeah. that's what's happening now is troubling. we have the West going, oh, no, Russia might go nuclear. They Oh, look, they're doing things with these nuclear plants. They might try to, like, you know, do a little bomby bomb and make the radiation go out. And, oh, no, then the radiation will blow back on them because of the wind's direct, the direction of, you know, weather. And to me, 
I'm, it's just like, that's kind of like as if they had gotten out in front of the Nord Stream pipeline and went, Russia's going to bomb their own pipeline soon, everybody. They might do that. They might do that. Okay, guys, let's go bomb it now. Like, they're setting the stage oh, yeah. for, I don't know. Oh, Russia might go nuclear, on. Russia might go nuclear, and then they go do a sabotage, do something, and then just blame it on Russia. What? You have to think about, just put yourself in the shoes of someone like Putin and don't believe the bullshit that he's just some kind of maniacal psychopath that you don't, you can't keep, you you don't stay in power if you're a maniacal psychopath, generally speaking. Yeah. Especially, especially in a place like Yeah. Well, the story Russia. here too is so different in the West. Like people, there's a lot of pride and people like Putin, I've heard in Russia. Like his approval yes. rating is better than Biden's yes. for Americans. So yeah, it's very, yeah. Who really knows what's going on over there? But I do take your point that like, yeah, there's a lot of talk about yeah, who who knows where this nuclear stuff is coming from? If it's actually like the West is egging them on, and it might be that. And if it is that, even more to my point, it's like these people literally could care less about human life and war not happening. You know, it's like, look, we need to de-escalate, and it seems like all that's going on is escalation from people who are completely out of touch with the reality of war. Um, yeah, it's just sad. It's sad. And by the way, even more damning to this whole situation, which I can't speak too much on because I haven't like done the deep dive on it, but like the Biden family has a long-standing, let's just call them conspiratorial type relationship with Ukrainian industry and the Ukrainian government. Mm. And this is well-known. This is where all this like Burisma... Hunter Biden, the big guy, you know, all these text messages and emails and laptops and all this stuff. It's Isn't it interesting that we're like the sole proprietors now, the sole progenitors of this Ukrainian conflict at the exact time that we have a president who's financially to the tunes of millions and millions of dollars tied up with Ukrainian industry and politics? Yeah. When the rest of the world is starting to go, hey, uh, can we not? I actually play? have a clip we could play about this. It's about the aid going to the Ukraine from the administration abroad and how shady it is. So this is the gray zone. Um, this is a guy. The gray zone is like an independent reporting investigative journalism outlet. And this is a guy... Max Blumenthal, who I believe is a writer for them. This is him speaking to the UN Security Council. Um, so you can just make up your mind. We won't listen to the whole thing, but. Unrestrained funding for a proxy war with a nuclear power in a foreign land where our while our domestic infrastructure falls apart before our eyes, exposes a disturbing dynamic at the heart of the Ukraine conflict an international Ponzi scheme that enables Western elites to seize hard-earned wealth from the hands of average U.S. citizens and funnel it into the coffers of a foreign government that even Transparency International ranks as consistently one of the most corrupt in Europe. The U.S. government has yet to conduct an official audit of its funding for Ukraine. The American public has no idea where their tax dollars are going. And that's why this week, 
we at the Gray Zone published an independent audit of U.S. Tox tax dollar allocation to Ukraine throughout the fiscal years 2022 and 23. Our investigation was led by Heather Kaiser, a former military intelligence officer who served in Iraq and Afghanistan. We found, among many bizarre payments, a $4.5 a $4 million payment from the U.S. Social Security Administration to the Kiev government. We found $4.5 billion worth of payments from the U.S. Agency for International Development to pay off Ukraine's sovereign debt, much of which is, which is owned by the global investment firm BlackRock. That amounts to $30 taken from every U.S. citizen at a time when 4 in 10 Americans cannot afford a $400 emergency. We found tax dollars earmarked for Ukraine, padding the budgets of a television station in Toronto, a pro-NATO think tank in Poland, and believe it or not, even rural farmers in Kenya. We found tens of millions to private equity firms, including one in the Republic of Georgia, as well as a million-dollar payment to a single private entrepreneur in Kiev. Our audit also revealed the Pentagon's $4.5 million contract with a company called Atlantic Diving Supply to provide Ukraine with unspecified explosives equipment. This is a notoriously corrupt company that none other than Tom Tillis, the chairman of the Senate Armed Services Committee, previously lambasted for its, quote, history of fraud. It once again, Congress has failed to ensure these shady payments and massive arms deals are properly tracked. In fact, much of the military and humanitarian aid shipped anyway, to Ukraine is simply All I have to say about this is I was about to be friends with the UN and then they let uh, this Blumenthal guy talk and he's not cool so like the UN's not cool yeah exactly Sorry, that was my uh, Scott Galloway take <laughs> that's the level of analysis we're getting and I just think it's criminal I think it's criminal what's going on like how is there no auditing of any of the aid that's going to Ukraine and if any of what that guy is saying is true that this money that all this money that he just talked about is going to the places it's going from the United States is criminal. That's stealing the hard-earned money of average American citizens by the elites to fund their literally global agenda. Like, that's, it sounds conspiratorial, but that's literally just what's happening. I'm like, what? No, that's... um. What is that? That's the is cops that coming after us. That's you. Shit, we shouldn't have we shouldn't have played that clip. <laughs> oh my God, here they come! Here they come. Well, it's been nice knowing y'all. Yeah, no, I mean that's. Uh, I just said yeah, no. Uh, that's that's exactly. That's another bacon. Yeah, I mean it's four point five million from the Social Security Administration that he's claiming that went to Ukraine effort, and then four point five billion to pay off Ukrainian debt. And he was like, and a lot of that debt was managed by companies like BlackRock. So those payments really went to like BlackRock. So it's totally and isn't 4. The 4. billion. 4.5 billion. Well this is how this is how war it's usually insane. goes, by the way. What we do is we blow it up we blow up a city, we blow up a country, and then that's good for weapons manufacturers, the military industrial complex. It's good for uh, the military departments because they get more funding. And then you have these like organizations that are, yes, like BlackRock funded, Blackstone, uh, and these these contractors that go in and rebuild these cities and they get millions, or, excuse me, billions and billions of dollars to rebuild after we rubbleize these countries. 
So that, and that's like the, that's not even a conspiracy theory. That's like the, that's just how it works. Like that's just well known. I mean, it's fucking treason to be honest. Are we not done? The, my entire time on this planet for the 30 something years I've been here, we have been at war and it was going on before. Like we've got to stop. That's we have to stop. Like we have to stop with the war shit. Like Max was saying there in that clip, we have our own problems that are dire. They are dire. Our, if the debt counter for the United States was an electrical generator, it would power, it could power the world as fast as that thing is ticking. I mean, it is, you pull up the debtcalculator.org or whatever it is, and the, <laughs> the numbers on the screen are moving so fast, you can feel the wind on your face. It's unbelievable. Oh and all this is going together. All this is, never let a good crisis go to go to waste, as Rahm Emanuel said, or whoever the fuck psychopath said that. We've got digital currencies coming down the pike, definitely in in uh, Europe. They want to do it here. I don't know who, who the fuck they is, but they need to cool it. And I have, I just, I can't escape the, the, the notion that all of this, all this turmoil and all of these different arenas are kind of coming together or they're, they're like becoming some kind of like monstrosity of an amalgamation that is going to destroy us. And it is so utterly concerning and and imparts such a feeling i hate to be doomy here but oh it's such God. a feeling of hopelessness like if we do not get that shit under control if we do not get ourselves under control we are going to fuck ourselves and i don't know who or what is going to change it i do not believe that iran DeSantis is going to make any difference i do not believe that I don't even know if I believe that an RFK would. I, the things about RFK at this point that are like put set him aside and far and away above everybody else is he's willing to go after these psychopathic pharmaceutical companies that are trying to control the the world. I mean, look, if you can't say bad things about the pharmaceutical companies because they advertise on uh, the news corporation outlets then you have to imagine that anything that is being said on those or on those outlets is also sanctioned by the same companies because it's not like they only fund stuff that has to do with pharmaceuticals no they fund the entire operation of these news outlets so the pharmaceutical companies are also on board with this warmongering and so the fact that RFK is going against them and the fact that RFK is speaking logically and clearly on the Ukraine Russian situation sets him apart and I don't know what there's only a couple more points that I need to get out of that guy before I'm like let's do it and it's like don't touch the guns like keep your weird liberal fingers off of these other <laughs> things that are not important right now and and say something about the national debt I want to know what he thinks about where we are financially as a country. I mean, he's a Democrat, he's a liberal, he's into like public funding of certain things and a lot of control over industry. And I'm not opposed to a, a thousand percent of that stuff, but I tend 
towards the light touch of government. Uh, but I think he's he seems genuine at this point. I Trump, I don't know. I do not really know what that guy's angle is on everything. But he says some of the right things sometimes but i just i i think the point i'm making is like what what is any are we going to get out of this like is it going to are we going to get out of this yeah yeah or is there is the whatever the deep state is is it just going to is it is it is it have a death grip on us and we are just going to go down like i don't know oh the animals are very upset but uh yeah no i don't know either i do like wonder that. about it because uh yeah, I'm like David Sachs for president. Yeah, exactly. Or f- f- shit, I the way Friedberg's been talk- talking lately, that's exactly. I mean, he's kind of like a representation of something that I'm speaking on here. Like hyper liberal, creepy dude, doesn't have a bottom row of teeth for some reason, but he is clearly as liberal and lefty as he is. Is all he cares about half the time when they talk on that all in podcast is like the debt the debt financial system the debt we have to figure out this debt problem or we are screwed and i believe that wholeheartedly i think you could actually drill into to the national to our financial situation and the way that that would unravel if as you dug into it would would actually those tendrils, those threads go into every everything. You would figure it all out. It would right up to the pharmaceutical industry. Oh, unwind straight into the military industrial complex. Unwind straight into the Ukraine. Unwind straight up to Russia, into the UN, into all of it would because there's a fucking problem. And it's that we're out of money. We've been out of money for 20 years at least. Right. We're beyond fixing it. You cannot, Trump had an idea, file bankruptcy. That's what Trump does. Maybe, I don't know. I've never been so rich that I had to file bankruptcy. I'm always bankrupt. So, (laughs) but, you know, at a certain point, it's like, we got to do something. I don't, like, just do anything different than we've been doing. Anything different than, like, every couple years we come along, we go, oh, we have a debt ceiling crisis. Oh, we have a government shutdown crisis. Oh, and then what happens every time? We just do, it just always goes through, always goes through every time. It just goes through, goes through, just keep spending, keep spending. We cannot do that. And as Monica has pointed out, as I've pointed out, Monica Perez, Deep Dash Podcast, check it out. This, we're our debt situation is at such a level now that it is actually unfathomable that it could ever be rectified within the current financial paradigm. You can't pay that shit off with dollars. It's unless something unbelievably dramatic happens and these globalist corporations that have a vested interest in the antics and the politics and the 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 whatever the industry of the world are not they're they're global they don't care about the country they're not patriotic at all Mm. this has been a rich country and it's been beneficial for them to be here. But what they've done over the years is outsource everything anyways to all these other countries. It's, it's, the capital is always seeking this cheap labor, this cheap, yeah, you know what I mean, driving, driving profits, yeah. everything, all of that kind of stuff, which is bullshit. Like if mm. Apple is going to be as rich as it is, like bring your fucking money back here and pay your taxes here. 
if you're going to use your your wealth and your industry to destroy the world, at least give us a nickel. You know what I mean? Like, so the, what? And there's a guy he I cannot remember his name, but he's considered the modern day like preeminent Marxist thinker. So I obviously basically disagree with his politics, but he 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 did this uh, like talk. And somebody animated it, and it was fantastic animation. I should try to find it. We should do a video maybe one day and put it on like one of our new social medias and just like show this. And it's this guy that basically shows this is his whole premise is that this is what capital does. It All it does is moves around geographically, around the globe. It doesn't care. It will go to China. It will go to India. Think of the way these companies move around. Like, yeah. Think of the, it has the, no the, allegiances. The, yeah, of course. What what is the cost associated with shutting down a manufacturing plant in one country, moving the whole entire operation to another country? This isn't theoretical. They do this. That's bajillions and bajillions of dollars. But the profit motive is actually worth it to do that. It's actually worth it to spend that kind of cash in the long run to geographically move your whole operation around the entire globe because they operate on a different level. So all I want is to be able to do what I do. We're erasing the, even, even the concept of like the American dream, the picking yourself up by your bootstraps, because I don't even know if I can run my little sawmill. Like it's getting to the point where Things are getting so undestabilized that you, you're not even sure if you can do the little bit to scrape by. That's why I I've all of a sudden am listening to the All In podcast. I'm like, what do billionaires say that's happening? I, somebody's got to tell me. Sorry, I just went on a tear. I, half the time, I don't even know if you're there. That's why I just keep ranting because I'm not sure if you can even have the ability to cut in here. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know what's going on. Your audio quality is so bad. It's you, chopping in and out. Can you hear me now? Yeah. <laughs> so I was going to say just this little thing, which just folds in. Now you're frozen, so whatever. I'll just keep talking. Um, I had written this little thing here, and part of it we already talked about. I wrote Bacon's Rebellion, and this ties in to that whole idea. I wrote this little note, which was really meant for the last podcast, but here we go. I wrote, power isn't the wrong metric. Because a lot of this is like, I mean, I think it's obvious. We've talked about it in those terms to some extent. But that power isn't the wrong metric. It's that we've not identified power, just like the Bacon Rebellion thing. So power was the right metric. That was what, that was the, one of the kind of ground level motivating forces there during the rebellion and then what did they do they recognized that and they said let's draw uh, kind of imaginary lines of of power and so it misallocated and misidentified power and, and it split it up between not the rich and the poor the elite and the non-elite but the black and the white which is which was done on purpose to fuck things mm. up, to make sure that power is never challenged. And the fact that that's actually on Wikipedia, that that's actually in the liberal uh, academic understanding of how power works is fascinating 
because those same people that understand that still maintain that the race issue is like ultimate is like the is like some major thing when it seems as if what they're actually telling us is that it it really isn't that's not the main thing that's actually the trick that's been pulled over on everybody is that that, that it wouldn't naturally fall that way at all it wouldn't fall down racial lines that that racially divi- that racial divide was manufactured by the power elites in order to maintain power. So do a quick conversation about power. That's their, that's the elite's conversation. This race relationship is the elite conversation. That's the elite talking points. That's what they want us talking about. And it's just now they're moving into transgender stuff and all this stuff. It's the same stuff. That's the elite talking points. That's the manufactured by the elites in order to maintain their power structure. Because if we're quibbling about fucking bathrooms and penises, then we're oh not un- we're not focusing on what's really important and that is this identity like we've done here is is tried our best to point out the powers over there it's in the ukraine it's the biden family it's the pharmaceutical companies it's global power it's blackrock it's state street it's global globalism global corporations yeah down the road down the road down the road this is the close, at least closer. I'm not, an, I don't know, but I'm just saying it's at least closer to actually properly identifying power because power is an interesting concept. It's if you th- just kind of meditate on what is power, is power force, is the ability to use force? I mean, what really is it? But it's like this, it's like this actual ability to have real influence. So many people have power of different differing degrees and the more power that consolidates in certain places, the more powerful it becomes. And as we've seen through history, there's a line that can be drawn between power and the rest that doesn't actually exclude real power from the non-elites. Like if Joe Rogan tilts himself towards away from the elites and towards the rest of us towards the people towards whatever if rfk maintains his tilt towards the people away from global power away from technocrats we could all give our 10 bucks and then rogan can give his million bucks and then kennedy could give his million bucks and Sachs can give his billion dollars you know you it's not in terms of money. I'm just making an, an analogy here, but that 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 that's like the hope here. I think is that there is that it's not the whole thing itself is not a is not a complete and perfect monolith. It wants to be. That's what it's. That's what all the turmoil is about. It wants to be that, and it isn't that now. If it were that then we wouldn't have to have all these stupid conversations about race and gender. We wouldn't have to have stupid conversations about uh, TikTok and voting Mm -hmm. and January 6th and whether or not shit's rigged and and whatnot. If it were all fixed, it seems like a lot of that wouldn't be necessary because some of it gets a little dicey. You might say, no, they still would give you these distractions so that you have something to quibble about. But... You have to sometimes, God, if you read some history, sometimes people just lose and lose and lose 
and lose until they win. Like the Danes versus the the uh, English or whatever they were before they were really England. You know, it was like the Danes were like a freaking force, you know? They were really hard to deal with. And eventually, they, you know, it, it, it wasn't just like a, a utter domination. Sometimes you just have to lose a lot. And I think that's this whole, that's that Hunger Games quote, you know, like there's something to hope. I, I want to hold on to it. I want to believe that it makes sense to like have a child and have a family and embrace and experience and love the good things in life because it's not all fucked that the apocalypse is not something that's coming, but it's always right there on the precipice and it's our job and our duty or whatever to fight. But also I think part of fighting is actually fighting to maintain hope. Like that is also a duty and a job perhaps that is worth embarking on because as we do these podcasts, sometimes I feel our, the vibe, like just like, call, you know, people call it black pills. Like, Oh, we're just black pilling people. And I don't think it is that. I think sometimes you have the the doomsday guy out there not to instill doom into your soul, but just to jar you out of it. You know, like, hey, wake up. The end is here. You go, well, it is where? Oh, God, what? You know, I don't want the end to be here yet. What do I do? How do I stop it? What can we do? And I think that's happening. That's why we have these. That's why the left is attacking its own best hope in RFK. I mean, what are we doing? We got to do something. Yeah. I don't even know if this is coming. Can you hear me? I hear you. I think. I mean, it's like, an, oh, I don't know. If we could have both been talking at the same time the whole time. I don't know. Oh, my God. I Well, we could just use your audio. I'm so annoyed at this point. This software, I'm literally like, <laughs> I want to throw my computer out a window. Uh, anyway. Yeah. I hate when I rant for long periods of time, but this time, at least I have a reason, is that 90% of the time, Ben is sitting there frozen with his eyes closed and a smile on his face, and I have no idea if he's even hearing me. So I've just been filling dead space with ramblings. Well, this is it. It's over. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and we've been kicked out of the studio completely. I, I'm going to go ahead and call this. It's the uh, it's our tech overlords. They do not want us to be having this conversation. This is a dangerous conversation, and that is why our stream is completely and utterly been janky. Somebody's listening in. They're cutting us out. They do not want this podcast out there. Like and subscribe. Link in the show notes. Share this with your friends. Because obviously our tech overlords are trying to censor us preemptively. Yeah. Enough said. All right. Well, that's it. Scott Galloway is bah- is sitting in a room somewhere messing with our stream. <laughs> oh, my God. God, why is it so awful? I was so annoyed. I hate this. I'm I'm buying another software. I'm done with these people.